Keep on riding with us as we continue to broadcast the balance and defend the discourse from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios. Welcome back to Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Job. Big shout out to my man, the one, the only Q Ward, who is dealing with some family stuff right now, but he will be back soon and I'm sure he will tell you all about it. But again, around here, it is business as usual. Today, we have a very special guest in the studio with us. She goes by the name of Debbie Esparza. She is the CEO of YWCA Metropolitan Phoenix. And the first, I have to say that she's the first gay brown boomer uh, to hold that position. And uh, we are very excited to continue a conversation with her uh, that has so far been very informative. And now we are going to get to some of the action items, some of the things that you can do for Women's History Month, now being referred to as Women's Empowerment Month. I love that. Um, so stay tuned for that and so much more here on Civic Cipher. But before we get there, it is time for us to discuss BA, BA, Becoming a Better Ally, Baba. And today's Baba is sponsored by Friends of the Movement. You can sign up for the free voter wallet from FOTMglobal.com to support black businesses and allied businesses, as well as make an impact with your spending. Again, that is FOTMglobal.com. And today's Baba, we want you to read a book. The book is called The Stolen Wealth of Slavery, A Case for Reparations by David Montero asks, what happened to the massive wealth generated by slavery after the Civil War? In his book and a recent essay for Time, How Wall Street Funded Slavery, responds to this question and asserts it is a myth that the North wasn't complicit in the institution of slavery. One of Amazon's best history books of February 2024 and a publisher's weekly top 10 pick for spring 2024 in business slash economics, The Stolen Wealth of Slavery calls out Northern banks, including well-known institutions like Citibank, Bank of New York, and Bank of America, saw their fortunes rise dramatically from their involvement in the business of enslavement and the abuse of black bodies. Earlier this summer, Citigroup, in a recent review of their records, quote, largely reaffirmed our previous research in that it did not identify any records showing that city or a predecessor institution directly purchased, sold, or held enslaved persons. Our added layers of diligence did allow us to learn that some individuals and entities located or operating in the United States of 1866 did. The stolen wealth of slavery will educate that indirect ties mentioned in reports like this were far more lucrative than is acknowledged. Quote, as it stands, as of this book's writing in mid-2023, precisely four corporations in the history of the United States have ever admitted to or apologized for their ties to slavery. And uh, I want you to know this book, once again, is called The Stolen Wealth of Slavery, A Case for Reparations by David Montero with a forward by Michael Eric Dyson. And it is $14.99, so pick that up. All right. Now, let's get back to the lovely young woman in the studio. Debbie Esparza. We've been having a fantastic conversation so far, and I appreciate that. I know our listeners do too. Um, what would you have people do differently during Women's Empowerment Month? I'm going to start out with some really easy things. Okay, let's go. Thank the women in your life. Mm. Give them a hug. Mm. Tell them you know what they've been through. Mm -hmm. Mostly for you to have the life that you have, mm -hmm. even if you're not, if I mean, I'm not just talking about moms and family. Like there are lots of women in our lives that have been through what they've been through so that we can go through what we're going through and, and, and have the opportunities we have now. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't have to know everyone that was on the path before me, 
but I know that there were women on the path before before me. Mm -hmm. And it's it's my hope to leave the path more smooth for the women and people of color coming behind mm -hmm. me. Right. That's that's part of my hope. So first easy thing, appreciate the women in your life. Mm -hmm. Um and when we when we talk at the YWC about women, we we mean women and non-binary folks sure, that sure. identify mm -hmm. as women. So a lot of folks have a more narrow view, but we have a pretty wide view mm -hmm. of of what woman means. as you should, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I just wanted to say that. Um, other things again, I think I mentioned too. The way I'm doing it right now is I had lunch at a woman-owned. A restaurant today, right? I'm going to keep spending my money with mm -hmm. women-owned businesses and um, particularly local businesses, right? That I can help see the the money move in my community. Yeah. Um. Take you know take take your daughter to to launch. Take your you know again help our girls see that they are the future and that they they can aspire to whatever they want to aspire to. Um, so again, that's partly why we call it empowerment because it's not just about history; it's about the present and it's about the future. Sure, sure, I like that. One of the um, things that I want to make sure that we touch on. So those are some action items people can do themselves on the ground, people that do things in the community. But what we're learning on this show is that there are a lot of digital warriors and potential digital warriors. And people that will take action online. Now, obviously, there's a plethora of research that folks can do, you know, do your Googles, find out the data, how many women are doing this versus how many men, that sort of thing. But I would imagine that tapping in with the YWCA would be something that people would take advantage of. So is there any social media, some connective tissue we can leave for our listeners to? Absolutely. If you want to connect with us here in Metro Phoenix, we're on the all the platforms at at YWCAAZ, mm -hmm. um, our website, of course, YWCAAZ.org. Um, but just the, the other thing that I want to share is that one of the things that we do in Women's Empowerment Month, we have our major fundraiser, and we have celebrated over the past, this is going to be our 30th year, we're celebrating your teacher as one of those mm. uh, women um, that we're honoring. Uh, but we have honored more than 260 women in the past 30 years. And these are women that embody the mission of the YWCA. They're, they're, they're creating change, right? Mm -hmm. They're opening doors. They are empowering women. You know, there's another saying we, we use a lot, empowered women, empower women, mm -hmm. because it's often thought that if you are finally getting there as a woman, that you want to keep it all to yourself and not share it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think as um, women, now we're, trying to make sure that we make space for who's coming next. Mm -hmm. um, and so these 260, 265 women that we've celebrated over the past 30 years are still making space for other women and other people of color to, to make an impact in, in Phoenix. So that's one of the things, you know, just, just again, shout out to, th these are normal people, right? Yeah. Everyday people who are doing incredible things. Sure. And I, 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 you know, there's kind of the standard issue questions that you ask a, a guest like yourself, right? Um, why is it important to recognize, you know, women 
in the community? Why is it important to recognize these historical women um, who have done these amazing things? And I, I, I hesitate to ask that because I think that a, we've talked about it a bit and B it's more obvious than ever and ever, but um, I would not profess to know more than you. So I will start us and I would like to give you, I would like to get your response rather than ask a question. Okay. Um, I think that at least from where, where I sit, I could see that being important because, you know, as you mentioned, it might inspire the next group of women that are coming up. Um, they can look to people who are living real lives, doing things that they are doing in the communities where they live, and they can see how much of an impact they could potentially have um, and make with their with their efforts and with their lives and and you know, the endeavors that they choose to engage in. And so, again, rather than ask that question, I wanted to make sure that I suggested that maybe I'm feeling that that might be the reason that you choose to honor these women and then get your response to that. Yeah, thank you for that. That That is partly why, not very big reason of why we honor these women. But okay. the, the other thing that, that your comments made me think about, it's, it's not only letting that younger girl or the younger woman see themselves mm -hmm. in in this new space of somebody who's done something incredible mm -hmm. that may not be accomplishment by by the um by the markers that some parts of society make they they may not may not be millionaires or live in big houses but they have done some incredible things mm -hmm. and so to see that success can look a lot of different ways okay. and that it often does for women uh is something important uh for younger younger folks and and each other to see mm -hmm. um the other thing that that I think is important is it's not just about that accomplishment or that that success or the the accolades, you know, that, that we provide to these women who have done incredible things, right? It's recognizing their influence and their impact. You, you said, you know, the impact and we take that for granted, mm. the, the impact and the influence that women have yeah. in our community. And so again, this raises that up. It shines the light on the impact that women doing this work that they often say, I this is just what I was called to do. Mm. This, of course, I'm yeah. doing this. Like, kind of like how I said when when I started. Of course, I'm doing this. I'm called to this, yeah. right? But it's it's about making sure that we shine. We the YWCA shine the light on that influence okay. and the impact, so that we can create a ripple effect sure. in the next generation. Sure, sure. So, um, I want to switch gears, if I may. Um, on this show, we've discussed a number of things um, that affect black people, brown people. A recent development in this country's history is the Supreme Court striking down affirmative action and historically affirmative action has helped women more than anyone else. So, I want to get your thoughts on that, um, and and don't let me lead you to an answer. If you feel it's great, then then say that. If you don't think it's great, then you can say that too, of course. Um, 
But also, I want to get your thoughts on where do you think we go from here? How do we best support women on the other side of that Supreme Court decision? Well, lots to, lots to think about and lots to reflect on. Um, I, there's a part of me that says we can't rely on any system to, to change that we won't, that, let me say it differently. We must insist on changing systems that keep us out, mm -hmm. whether they're systems that were like affirmative action that we thought were bringing us in. Mm -hmm. It was still a system, right? And somebody changed it mm -hmm. to say, we don't like this anymore. Yeah. So really it's up to us to, to see into the systems and to make those, those areas of resistance and those areas of disruption. Sure. Um, and, and not, not stand for it in, in any way, just really still take our influence and our impact and, and create it, even if it's not affirmative action. I mean, I don't know that I've ever leaned on affirmative action in my careers. I know it was there. I know some people probably said I got this job or I got into this school because I was brown. Um, but I don't believe it. So I've never let that influence, Im impact how I thought about my, how, how I got to places. Mm -hmm. But I do think, um, yeah, I think I, we, we can't let it stop us from, from progress. So, um, I think that that's a great segue into you giving me some more information on the Until Justice Just Is campaign. So talk with our listeners a bit about that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, again, again, YWCA is part of a national movement. There are almost 200 of us across the nation. Okay. Um, and every year we run a, a campaign in April called Until Justice Just Is. Okay. And one of the key components is a challenge that we do. It's 21 days of information uh, that people can read, listen to, watch on various topics. This year's topics are around bodily autonomy. They're around caregiving and financial empowerment. Mm -hmm. It's around gun violence. And it's around transportation. And again, all of those four areas really... Uh, with some education and some awareness focused on that, that intersection I mentioned earlier, the intersection between race and gender. Mm -hmm. What happens for or to women and people of color in each of these areas? That, that there are barriers and there are challenges and the impact is more, um, uh, more detrimental in, in many of these areas. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've done this for a, a couple of years now, se several years. In Phoenix, we'll create also some local content. So nationally, there's national contents on all these um, topics. But in Phoenix, we will also highlight some local content to show what's happening here in our state, as well as on a national level. But it really makes people think, uh, opens uh, people's minds and, and eyes just to look around um, what, what's happening in transportation and how does that impact women and people of color? I mean, um, and, uh, and gun violence, mm. you know, and the impact particularly on women and, and, uh, and people of color and 
It, it's all. It's, you know, we talked already about financial empowerment, but yeah. even the caregiving aspect, it's often on the woman, uh, again, and the family to, um, to care for the children and the elders mm. in many, in many cultures, right? The multi-generational home and, and how they get kind of squished, right? And, yeah. and how it's hard for them to care for themselves while they're doing all the care for their families. Sure. And, you know, bodily autonomy, certainly, uh, an important issue for us, you know, um, with all of the conversations um, in in Arizona and, and many places. Yeah, but, Alabama. You know, striking and, yeah. Roe v. Wade was a, a you know a blow to the heart, yeah. right? And so, really helping folks to see that it's 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 not just about abortion; it's about <clears throat> all reproductive rights and, and women's health. and women's healthcare rights. And, and, you know, that's, that's part of what I wanted to talk about um, when we were discussing healthcare, um, not just access to, you know, healthcare, but access to, or, or rather, the path to creating the political landscape where women's bodies aren't politicized and women's bodies aren't controlled by people who are not healthcare professionals, particularly not female healthcare professionals who have even more insight into what that could mean. Anyone outside of that, again, is prone to having potentially blind spots. And, you know, when I look at what happened in Alabama with them saying that I think it's like a group of 16 cells has more rights than a children, the same state where they say um, that they, they refuse to um, offer lunch to children, I forget exactly what it is, so don't hold me to it. But I read an article that kind of compared Alabama's um, stance on this group of cells having rights and this group of children not having rights, and and you know it just kind of shows the the moral bankruptcy there. How these people are choosing to interpret really the Bible, ignore parts of the Bible, espouse other parts of the Bible, and then use those parts to affect the most significant part of the population because you know everywhere you go women make up more uh of the population than men unless you go to places like alaska i want to say like that so anyway um yeah i could imagine that was a a, a deeply unsettling um moment to have to to deal with um and i think that that illuminates kind of the intersection between uh, social justice and women's justice. And that's something that at the YWCA, you guys kind of tend to do battle on both of those fronts. And so before we go, I want you to just kind of talk about that a bit. Yes, thank you. Um, again, our mission is clear, clearly stated, mm -hmm. eliminate racism mm -hmm. and empower women. Boom. And when I first took this role, um, folks said, well, let's just talk about, you know, reducing discrimination or like, no, that's not it. This is about systemic racism. Mm -hmm. This is about systems and barriers that have been put in place for hundreds of years that have kept people from thriving. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not just about women. It's about all kinds of people who haven't been able to thrive because these barriers have been in yeah. place. All, uh, oppression, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we, we don't take that sitting down. I mean, we were in those conversations. We were in those spaces 
I like to say we shine the light on the things that work because there's plenty of folks in town doing some good work to reduce the barriers and to change the yeah. system. Shout out to Diane Post. Mm-hmm. But there's also, we shine a brighter light on the things that are still not working. Yeah, yeah that's right. Fair. They're like, this over here is still not happening. Right. Um, you know, we do some, we do a, a, a some work, an initiative called um, Systems Change Initiative, and we've been on the, the west side of, of the valley here. I'm really listening to people that have been impacted, particularly older adults and LGBTQ youth who were impacted um, post-COVID with access to health care, particularly mental health. Mm. And, and it's amazing that when you really just listen to the people that are being impacted, and you speak that back into the system because the system thinks it knows why people aren't accessing mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah, thinks it's their fault. It, yes. Mm-hmm. And then when we speak back into the system, well, here's really what they've said, right? And here's the simple things, sometimes the simple things that you can do to to make a change. It It's impactful. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, what you stand for is fantastic. I think the work that you do is fantastic. And then um, to all of the, I've only met women, so I'll say all the women uh, that work uh, at the YWCA here and of course nationally. Um, I I couldn't be prouder to have you as a guest on this show. I did a lot of stuff to build this and someone as important as you coming here to spend time with me, that really matters to me. Yeah. I hope that I've I've been your brother. I'm still learning what that means. I'm a big believer that you teach people how to love you. And I'm all ears. I know Q is all ears. I want you to meet him. Um, He's, he's had to deal with some, some family things this week, but um, I, uh, I, I hope that I've done right by you. And I hope that our listeners have learned a little bit more about what they can do for women's empowerment month. So once again, I would like to thank you uh, Debbie Esparza for coming on to the show and uh, spending this time with me. Um, and you know, before we let you go, do us a favor, uh, hit the website one more time in the social media. Thanks a lot. YWCAAZ.org is our website and the platforms handles are at YWCAAZ. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. And then of course, uh, you can lock in with us here at Civic Cipher as always on all social media at Civic Cipher, C-I-V-I-C-C-I-P-H-E-R. You can follow me on all social media at Ramses Jaw. Q is I am Q Ward. Uh, of course, you can hit the website, download this and any previous episodes. You can suggest topics you want us to cover, make a donation. The show is growing. We're at 75 radio stations now. We keep growing and it's because of your support. So keep on supporting us and we'll keep on doing what we do. All right. Till next week, y'all. Peace.